Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 13. Even though we'll be spending our time in the book of Psalms, let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 13. This morning I want to bring the fourth message in a series entitled The Heart of David. Because I want to teach you and exhort you to want to be more like David. As I've told you for several Sundays now, the Lord gave us a great deal of information about David's life and he gave us an insight into his soul more than any other man. And he's the man after God's own heart, and I'm thankful that the man that was described as being after God's heart is the one God gave us so much information about. Because I hope that there is within us a craving to be like David. To be a man after God's own heart, or a woman after God's own heart. The first message I gave you was his zeal in worship toward the house of God. The second was how he balanced truth and mercy in his dealings with men. The third were his private exercises to prepare his heart to please the Lord. They were confession, meditation, prayer, and self-examination. You can't praise the Lord nor thank Him, but in vanity, without doing those others first. Right. You must have a heart that is fit for praise and thanksgiving by confession, meditation, prayer, and self-examination. And so we're in the proper order this morning. I hope that you want to be like David. We are able to look into David's soul and see what motivated him. What did he love the most? What did he like to do the most? Where did he apply his energies? What was David passionate about? What was David passionate about? To praise and thank the Lord. And I hope I can show you enough evidence of that this morning that you'll believe it. But I'm I'm supposed to be, I've been called to be an able minister of the New Testament. So I want to show you that the, the purpose for the Old Testament for us New Testament saints is to fill out a New Testament command that we're not given very much details for, but we can go back to the book of Psalms and right. find all the detail we want. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 13 and verse 15. Having just described the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered for us, Paul wrote, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. If I didn't know that this was Hebrews 13, 15, and if I didn't know that Paul had written this, if you just gave me a piece of paper with these words on it, I would say that David had written it. But it does have one author with all the Psalms, the Holy Spirit of God. Look at what it says, by Him. Because it's by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have an interest in doing this or the ability. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice. See, we're in the New Testament. We know that God doesn't want bullocks and lambs and sheep and goats. He wants the sacrifice of praise continually. The Israelites had to offer a lamb every morning and every evening. The evening and the morning sacrifice, every day, perpetually, and they did it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. 
But do you know what the Lord wants from us continually? The sacrifice of praise. I fear that we don't bring our lambs all the time. Right. But we want to do that continually. And you know what? Well, I'm going to show you this morning that David already understood this verse in the Old Testament when animal sacrifices were the way to worship God. He already understood that that was not really what pleased the Lord, but it was praise and thanksgiving, even in the Old Testament. Now, we know that that this was written for us in particular, but this is a sacrifice we ought to bring continually. And when you find the words, that is, in the New Testament or the Bible, that is means, I'll explain it for you. I like the words, that is. Then it's the Lord telling me exactly what I'm supposed to understand about the sacrifice of praise continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. He doesn't want the fruit of our orchard. He doesn't want the fruit of our fields. He doesn't want the fruit of our flock. He wants the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. That is an easy sacrificial system. That is a, that is a very easy sacrificial system. Right. Do you do it a lot? Do you do it continually? That's how we want to be like David. David wanted to do it continually. The Lord did not need to create us. Right. The Lord did not need you. He didn't need me. He created for his own honor and his own glory and to reveal himself to the universe. Do you want to fulfill your purpose and be the friend of God? Then give him praise. He wants creatures that adore him. When there are creatures that are not tainted by sin, what do they do day and night? They're in heaven. Do you know what they do? Do you know their song? Do you know what number it is in our hymnal? Do you know anything about it? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Which wast, which art, and who shall be forever. That's what happens when God creates a creature. And do you know what they like to say? I know this is going to hurt some of you, and you'll be offended with me. But Revelation chapter 5 ends with the words, and the four beasts said, Amen. Amen. Break forth. Say amen. Amen. I don't need it. And I don't want it for me. And God forbid that I would ever ask you to propel your pastor with amens. But I will ask for it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there are men that feed off of a loud congregation. Try it sometime. It might work with your pastor. But I know that it pleases the Lord. The four He has beasts. You ought to see those beasts. Do you know what their job is? They're the amen corner of heaven. Right. Amen. I appreciate George Frederick Handel when he wrote Handel's Messiah. He put a five-minute amen on the end of the Messiah. Right. They sing amen for five minutes. Because he can see that in the book of Revelation. I love the four beasts, by the way. They're just creatures made to glorify God. And I hope they delight our souls. That one sentence is one of my favorite sentences in the Bible. And the four beasts said, Amen. And they were saying amen to the combined choir of heaven, singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, and hath redeemed us to God by His blood out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people to receive blessing and honor 
and glory and power. Amen. Amen. They say amen. God created us for His own glory. Do you want to fulfill your purpose? Then give God the glory. Every time you turn around, can you give God the glory? Let's not talk about our things. Let's talk about His things. Let's not talk about you. Let's talk about Him. Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about Him. Let's give God the glory and fulfill our purpose. Let's get used to it. Let's practice for heaven. Because that's what you're going to do there if you make it there. If you don't like to praise Him here. Because there's not any evidence if you don't like to praise Him here. Because that's what He saved us for. I'll show you that tonight. You know, we know God chose David to be in charge of the praise and worship section of the Bible, didn't he? If there's a, there is a praise and worship section of the Bible. And God put David in charge of that. So we want to, we want to learn about David. God put David in charge of that because David was the closest man he had to worshiping him like the four beasts. David liked to invent musical instruments because he liked the big band sound. Because he wanted to praise God with something new. David wanted to use the creativity. That's, that's coming in one of these Sundays. David and his music. David invented musical instruments so that he could use the creativity God had given him to give God a new sound. The man was possessed. I hope we are. By the Holy Spirit of God. The man was obsessed with praising and thanking the Lord. And I want that to be true of you. Brethren, there is no happier person than one praising the Lord. We have a sister coming, and some of you have come to me and said, this sister that's moving to Greenville and wants to join our church, I'm, I'm afraid. She's going to be disappointed when she sees the rest of us sad sacks. Do you know what? Because she loves to praise the Lord. You can't talk to that woman on any subject without her praising the Lord. She speaks by rotating three sentences. Always mark my words and write her and listen to her. First sentence is to praise the Lord. Second sentence is to deal with whatever you asked her about. And the third sentence is to thank you for asking her about it. And then it's on to praising the Lord again. She, she does it in rotating three sentences. She thanks the Lord. She deals with whatever you were talking about. She thanks you for inquiring about it and your kindness in the matter. And then she's on to the Lord. And she's very happy. And bro, I want to, you want to cure for, you want to cure for the doldrums? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and thank Him. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. The apostles didn't have a problem doing it. You know, I, I, we can't go there. I just want to remind you, when you're reading the Apostle Paul, and you're cruising along and he's dealing with something deep doctrinal or practical, all of a sudden he just stops and writes a verse that is nothing but praise to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Often he has to put an amen in the middle of his own letters to a church or to Timothy private correspondence between Paul and Timothy. He comes to places where he just bursts out and praises the Lord and has to say amen because he's in the middle of worship, in the middle of a personal letter. Then he goes back to dealing with the issues that he needed to with Timothy. What's wrong with that man? I say what's wrong with him, I want wrong with me. 
He loved to praise the Lord and to thank Him. And he was a lot like David. I've had a great deal of pleasure in reading David and reading Paul. There's not as much. Paul wasn't chosen to be the worship leader of the Bible. David was. So there's not as much. But what we've got, like this verse I just showed you, if I gave that to you in a three-by-five card without any indication of where it was from, you'd think David wrote it. Right. Because those words are words David used over and over again. Don't you worry about how young you are. He doesn't care. In fact, do you know what? You really want the truth? He likes your praise best of all. Can I prove that with the Bible? The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Do you know what those children are crying out about you? They see, they didn't believe he was the Son of God. And they were singing Hosanna to the highest and to the Son of David. And Jesus said, Have you never read? I love When Jesus says that to Pharisees, they read the Bible all the time, but they never understood it. He says, Have ye never read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Perfected praise. You know, if those were to stop singing, what would start singing? The rocks would cry out. Don't you worry about how young you are. Cut loose! Break forth and extol the great Ancient of Days. His rich and distinguishing grace. We don't need a praise band. We are the praise band. We're a band of saints called together by the Lord Jesus Christ who are charged to praise Him. Why do we need a praise band? Let's do it ourselves. Let's come over to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. This message is not complicated. The most important thing about this message is what are you going to do about it? Amen. We ought to be wanting to praise and thank the Lord to each other. When we're at home, when you're in the shower, when you're in bed, and wanting to come together to worship so that we can praise and thank the Lord. Right. Because it's, it's what pleases God. It's what made David, part of what made David, so much like the heart of God. He loved to praise and thank the Lord. That's what you were created for. Right. It doesn't matter whether a person ends up in heaven or in hell. The purpose for existence is the pleasure and the praise of Almighty God. Amen. And He will give it. Oh, yes. Those in heaven, he'll get, will, he'll get praise from them because He'll change our hearts so that we'll want to praise Him forever. Those in hell are going to be praising Him for His wrath and His power that is being demonstrated upon them. Psalm 69. Let's look at how the Holy Spirit stresses praise and thanksgiving together. I love these three verses. These are, these are three good ones. Psalm 69.30. Here's David speaking, first person. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. There's a lot in those three verses. Let me t- First of all, verse 1. I will. The commitment of David to praise the name of God with a song. We sing all sorts of names for the Lord. We've already done some names this morning. And we want to sing praise to God for His names. Because His names are not chosen willy-nilly from a name book. The names of God were chosen by God because they reveal things about Him. 
I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify. What do you use a magnifying glass for? To see more clearly because it makes things bigger. So when we magnify God, we make him, can we really make him bigger? Not a chance. But you know, when we walk in here and we're kind of dull, the Lord may be only this big because he's not controlling your life. Why are you dull? So we magnify him back out to as, as huge and as large and as awesome and as great and as glorious as he is. Amen. We magnify him. Yeah. We make him great. Amen. By expanding on all of his virtues, by singing about them and talking about them. And so we have in that 30th verse, we'll magnify him with thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, the more things you can list off about the Lord, you make him greater and greater as you're reminded, yes, he's done that. Yes. Yes. You make him bigger because you're thinking of all the things he's done. You know, we were just in Psalm 103. And that psalm magnifies the Lord through thanksgiving because it went all the way from the forgiveness of sins to enjoying a shot of buttermilk. And it, it described that buttermilk exactly the way it happens. When you are very thirsty and a little tired, you pour that down, it tastes so good, and it renews your youth like an eagle's, doesn't it? That's happened to you over and over. Okay, the guilty one has admitted who likes buttermilk. But when you taste something that's good, all these little things, if you thank the Lord for them all, it makes God so great. Amen. I mean, Jonathan, you don't like the buttermilk, you like the chocolate milk. But when you're downing that chocolate milk, does it give you a rush of pleasure? This tastes so good. Do you know where that goodness came from? Lord. The God of heaven. Amen. He invented the milk. And he told men how to make the chocolate. And he helped them figure out to get the two together in a glass. Right. He gave us a refrigerator so that it's chilled. And he gave us taste buds to appreciate it. And that great feeling you had of God's goodness is thank him for it. Amen. I wrote a proverb recently. No, I didn't. It's, it's, it's a web document. It's a web document that you can go read. And it's a matter of diet. It's a matter of diet. It's blasting the vegetarianism that's being taught in some Christian circles. And at the end of one of the paragraphs, I said, go grab yourself some white bread and make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and wash it down with chocolate milk and give God the glory. Because right. he's given us those things to eat. We magnify him with thanks. What was all that about? Magnify. Right. How do we magnify God? We make Him bigger by showing everything that we have and enjoy in life is from Him, and so we thank Him for everything. I try to tell you, I've tried to tell you this morning a couple times already, I think, lest I lose track, and I don't think it'll hurt you if I do. We're the most blessed people that have ever lived. Yes. The combination, material, national, spiritual, physical blessings, we have the most. Therefore, we ought to be magnifying Him the most Amen. by mentioning those things to make God great. Verse 31, This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. Now, this is in the Old Testament. I want to tell you something about David. He had an understanding of God better than most. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ could come along and say to the Pharisees, Have you never read what David did? Why haven't you guys figured this out when David did a thousand years ago? 
David knew the heart of God already. Do you know what David was saying in that verse? There were several thousand Levites, quite a few thousand Levites and priests that offered oxen and bullocks with horns and hoofs in sacrifice to God. And David's saying there's a higher form of worship. And it's praise and thanksgiving. He knew it then. Paul told us the sacrifice is the fruit of our lips in Hebrews 13. But David understood it way back then that God loved praise and thanksgiving more than those animal sacrifices. Though they were commanded and great amounts of money were spent on them, God loved praise and thanksgiving. May we see the priority and honor it ourselves. And look at the effect in verse 32. The humble shall see this. Who are the humble? They're the righteous. They're God's people. They're the saints of the Most High. They're the church. It's the congregation. It's believers. Those people shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. When someone's really praising the Lord, you know what it does to children of God around them? It makes them glad. It makes them glad. And if we all came in here and did it, do you know what we would have every time we met? A revival. Your heart shall live. Do you know what that means? It'll revive. It is reviving to be in the praise and worship of God through thanksgiving. You know, there you are, you're all down about something because something hasn't worked out just the way you thought it should. And do you know how depraved we are? We We can focus on one little thing that isn't working out the way we thought it should and ignore... 1,000 that worked out better than we could have imagined. That's how depraved we are. But then when we get with somebody who loves to thank the Lord, they kind of blow that one away, don't they? Because they start reminding us about number 915. And when when they hit on 915, you're thinking, oh, what was I doing worrying about that one item? We're depraved. We have to come back here and get our souls revived. And how do we revive each other's souls but by praising and thanking the Lord? Amen. I'll bet if David walked in here, you wouldn't sit half asleep. You would say amen. I'm sorry I'm not David. Some of you probably wouldn't matter. You love to be sad because you've made it a choice for your life to see how much you can dishonor the Lord. Happiness is a choice. It's a pure choice. There's a God in heaven. He's done one billion things for you, and you can't even remember above ten of them. Just give him glory and get excited about life. He's been so merciful and kind to you. You can't even tell me anything wrong in your life because I'll tear it to shreds. Try to tell me something wrong in your life. You're looking in the mud puddle. Instead of worrying about all the worrying and enjoying all the great things God's done for you, I love those three verses. I hope you won't forget them. Those are three of the better ones from the Book of Psalms in the way they explain the purpose and the effect of praise and thanksgiving. David understood that what he was talking about was more important, even under the Old Testament, than animal sacrifices, and he said it has a great effect in the congregation of God. And he used that word magnify, where we want to make God big by thinking of all the things he's done for us and giving him thanks for them. Right. Let's look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100, I read it this morning to open our worship. Psalm 100. 
The purpose this morning is, what does God want from us that we can give Him to please Him? That's why I preach. I represent Him. I know what He wants. Hebrews 13, 15 told me, the sacrifice of praise continually. So I go into the book of Psalms and find out that David was the, the praise leader of the Bible. And since I'm in a series on how to have that heart of David to please the Lord, that's why we're on praise. You might think it's a light subject. You're misreading the Word of God. Right. You're forgetting your purpose. Your purpose is not to plumb the depths of the doctrines of the Bible to know all there is about God. That is one of them. But there's an easier one that ought to come first because He'll open our eyes to the truth of the Word of God when we give our childlike love and adoration of our great and glorious Father. Amen. He'll take care of the rest. Right. Let's love the Lord. Amen. Not foolishly and not ignorantly. According to the truth of Scripture. Right. But let Him provide the other because it's a whole lot easier than trying to find it on your own. Mm-hmm. I want Him to open my eyes and I know what He delights in. Praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You say, that is a long way around to learning the Bible. No, it isn't. It's a shortcut. <laughs> That's right. Amen. It's a shortcut. You know why? Because David said several times, those that love and praise him, he will show them his secret. Amen. Now, do you think you're going to find his secret out with a online Bible program? He'll show them his covenant. Right. He'll open their eyes. Psalm 100. Look at this. We love this psalm. We love to sing this psalm. Look at what he says in verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. We've got thanksgiving, praise, thankful, bless. If you're going to go into the presence of God, these are the things you've got to bring with you. If you want to walk with God, These are the things you've got to bring. He's not going to walk with someone who isn't giving him these things because this is what goes on in his courts. If you want God to walk with you and to ride in your truck with you, then while you're driving around town, you ought to be blessing the Lord. You can pass a tree and bless the Lord. Lord, that tree is awesome. Look at the size of that thing. Look at its combination of colors. Look at its strength. It's a birdhouse. You made a birdhouse out of an oak tree. Because all the birds make their nests in its branches. And the Bible talks about things like that. You say, Lord, thank you for these witty inventions that I get to drive around in dehumidified and chilled air. How's that? That's a witty invention. Where does it come from? The blessed God who chose to let you drive a truck with dehumidified and chilled air. Because I'll tell you what, statistically, most of humanity hasn't been able to get to do that. Right. On and on we could go and thank the Lord and bless Him from our hearts. Lord, I love you. You are so good. You have been so kind to me. There's a Father in heaven that loves that kind of a son. Now, in this fourth verse, it says if we're going to enter into His presence, we've got to bring thanksgiving. Gotta. We've got to bring Thanksgiving, praise, and blessing. I don't think it's a gotta. I think it's a I getta. I get to. Not that I got to, but I get to. It ought to be a privilege, not a pain. An opportunity, not a requirement. Now, why would you want to do it in verse 4? 
Why should we want to be thankful and bless the, the Lord? He tells us in verse 5, 4. Here's the explanation. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. There's Amen. three good reasons. Do you need more? He's good. That encompasses about everything. His mercy is everlasting. That's worthy of His praise. And His truth endureth to all generations, including this one. Amen. Are you thankful of what Moses wrote down you've still got? You're holding it in your lap right now. Yeah. What Moses wrote down. Do you know that in the days of Josiah, what Moses wrote down was lost? Right. Do you know that they had never heard it? Right. Josiah had not heard those words before. They were digging through a decrepit temple, and they came in a closet, and they found a book in the bottom of the closet, and they brought it to Josiah and said, Look what we found. And they read it, and he tore his clothes because he was being shocked into action that the Lord God of heaven had spoken warnings against that nation that if they sinned, what he was going to do to them. And he was desperate, and he made a covenant with the whole nation that they might return to the Lord and be saved from what he read in that book. They lost it in Josiah's time. Do you know when Josiah lived? About 600 B.C. 2,600 years ago, the book of God was lost. You have it in your laps. Amen. There's something to be thankful for. What was all that about? His truth endureth to all generations. It's endured to this one. I think he's worthy of verse 4. So let's enter into his courts with thanksgiving Amen. and Amen. into his presence with praise. That's what I meant. Psalm 30. Psalm 30. Why does God bless you? Because he feels some sense of obligation to keep you happy? Why does God bless you? This is good. We should always understand why good things happen in our lives. I remember walking over to see Eric one day. His store was doing very well. And bless his heart, he knew the answer. He said, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. You know, when good things are happening in your life and it's, it's, it's all coming in rather easily, you know the cash flow spigot is turned on wide open. Do you know what that's for? The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Not haughtiness. Not arrogance. Repentance. Romans 2.4 Close at hand, look at these verses. Psalm 30 and verse 11. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. That's a reversal of fortune, folks. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Why did he do all that for David? Verse 12 tells us, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. What's your glory? It's your tongue. What, how much noise are you making when you have sackcloth on and you're mourning? Not very much at all. This, your, your yapper is shut up. Your tongue is, is at rest inside. And so the Lord turns our mourning into gladness and gets rid of our sackcloth and gives us things to dance about. But there's a reason for it. To the end. I like it when the Bible explains it. To the end that my glory might not be silent, but to give Him thanks and to praise Him. Amen. That's why good things happen to you. Verse 12, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Can you hear the psalmist? Can you hear David? Now does that sound like Paul in Hebrews 13? 
I will give thanks unto thee forever. The sacrifice of praise continually. Same men, one spirit, one book. There's one shepherd that, are, that is giving us this whole book, as Solomon told us in the last few verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And these are the little goads that he's got for us to teach us how to be more like him. We need to be going around talking about the great things that the Lord has done for us, the great things the Lord is. You know, he doesn't even have to do anything for me because he's worthy of my praise regardless, just by his existence. But he's done so many things for me. He's done so much. And the biggest one is tonight. I do not understand why he would send his son to obey where I wouldn't and to die where I couldn't. Right so that I could have eternal life and be clothed in His perfect righteousness. Every temptation I've ever had and sins that do easily beset me, they didn't beset the Lord Jesus Christ at all. And He went and died for me, and so in the sight of God, I am spotless. I'm without blemish. I'm holy before Him, and He loves me because of what Jesus Christ did for me. Can we thank Him? Can we praise Him? He's worthy of it all. Psalm 35, Psalm 35 and verse 18, why did David go to church? Because he had to? You know better than that, don't you? Psalm 35 and verse 18, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. I just need a bigger audience for me to praise the Lord. That's why he went to... I just want to see as many of God's people as I can to tell them what great things God has done for me. I want much people. I want the big congregation to praise Him before them all. I want to prove to the Lord that I am not ashamed of Him in any circle. I will get up and bless Him before the whole nation. And He did. He would tear off His kingly robes and dance with all His might, as we saw several weeks ago, because He loved the worship of God so much. You know, and some of you are ashamed to say amen. Somebody will think you're weird. Somebody will say, well, that's the first time I've ever heard it out of him. Well, there's got to be a first time for there to ever be a second time. Amen. Let's get started. What are you ashamed of? You're in the great congregation. Amen. Become the amen brother. Yeah. I'll even let you be the amen sister. Do you love the Lord enough in his praise? To want to be able to praise Him. Let's go to Psalm 34. We're right there. It's right there at hand. Psalm 34. Here's another section of three verses that are precious on this subject of praise and thanksgiving. The first three verses of Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now that sounds like Hebrews 13:15 to me. It sounds like these two had a conspiracy going, that Paul and David, that they were trying to convince us of praise and thanksgiving. Amen. And they did. Their hearts were conspiring together with the power of the Holy Ghost to teach us that praise and thanksgiving is one of the ends of our lives. Right. That's why we exist. Yeah. So David said, "I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth." My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. We've seen that elsewhere. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Yes. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a deceitful excuse that the human heart creates is, I am thankful. And I've taught on this before. I am thankful. God doesn't care if you're thankful. He wants you to give thanks. That's right. Amen. Don't, te- don't, don't try to convince us of your piety. Don't try to convince the Lord of your piety that you are thankful. If you're thankful, you'll give thanks. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Amen. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It doesn't say in everything, be thankful. It says in everything, give thanks. That's to give a gift. It's the sacrifice of our lips. Of our mouth here. Lips in Hebrews 13, 15. We've got to give it. When we're holding it inside, we're we're holding it back. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the same thing as saying, I'd give the Lord, I'd give the Lord half my money, just like Zacchaeus. Would you really? Then give it. I'm thankful. You're just picking on me because I'm not as outgoing and as verbal as you are. Then give us something. Give us a little tiny one. You know, work up a little one. And give the Lord something. Because that's what He wants. And so I want to emphasize the mouth and the fruit of the lips and the tongue. Remember, that's called your glory. In that verse we read, that thing, I don't think it's very glorious. It gets the food down well. But do you know what it does? It allows me to pronunciate, pronounce words to you and sing. And those, both of those are glorifying to God when I use them for His praise and thanksgiving. So it's called my glory. And it's called your glory. Amen. Because of the way we get to use it. May the Lord help us use it that way. What else can we learn from these three verses right here? How often was David committed to praise? Continually and at all times. Is that what it says in verse 1? At all times and continually. we got a little sister coming that's pretty much all times and continually. Amen. We want to be like her. We want to be like David. She's a good example for us. A little infusion of praise and thanksgiving in the church won't hurt any of us. Some of you have written me and told me that. I hope that we'll believe it after she's been here for a while and starts to grate on some of your nerves because she's thankful all the time. Even though her life was ten times worse than yours has been. Isn't that amazing? You know, how can the Lord take a person and put him on his deathbed and have everything falling apart in his life, and he's full of thanks. That person's full of thanksgiving to the Lord and praise. And then there's someone that's walking in perfectly good health. The money spigot's on. Everything's working. And they're sad. You know, because they got a fungus growing on one of their bushes. They're sad. They went out in the morning before church and took a stroll around the house and saw some fungus on a bush, and it ruined their life. And then there's someone in bed with a terminal disease, and they're praising and thanking the Lord. That woman's coming, and all of you little sad sack wives in here who think that your lot is so terrible, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're such a baby. She's given me free liberty to unload on you anytime I choose to, and she'll unload once she gets here. She had a rough life. But do you know what? It didn't matter to her because the Lord was her husband. Right. 
She's a very happy woman for that reason. I hope that we want to be committed to blessing him at all times and praise continually in our mouths. When I say amen, do you know the opportunity this church has to grab each other and to give thanks to each about the Lord to each other right. and to praise each other? We'd all go out of here on fire for the Lord. You want me to do it up here for all of you? Listen, I need you to do it for me. Right. That's why we have a church. It's not the, it's not the Johnny on the spot time. It's the church coming together to provoke each other to love and to good works. Yes. And one of our great works is praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Praise here is defined for us. And I'm thankful when the Bible uses synonyms rather freely so that we can get a bunch of them in one place. Look at these three verses. We start in verse 1. We have the word bless. And so we've got a synonym for praise. We will bless the Lord. We will say something kind, generous, to bless the Lord for all His goodness to us. Then it uses the word boast in verse 2. I'm going to make my boast in the Lord. You know, Muhammad Ali and practically every athlete today wants to make his boast in himself. But you can make a boast in the Lord. Look what the Lord's done for me. Jesus told the man of the Gadarenes, go home to your family and tell them what great things God has done for you. And do you know what great things he had to say? I had so many devils in me, it took a couple thousand sheep down a steep slope into the sea. I had so many devils in me, they could chain me. And I could break the chains and the fetters. I stripped myself naked. I cut myself. I lived in the tombs. And I cried out all the time. Look at me now. Look what great things God has done for me. Right. I've been a Gadarene more than once in my life. Amen. And look what great things He's done for me. Amen. Boast. Make your boast in the Lord. And then it uses the word magnify in verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. There's that word again. And then let us exalt. To exalt is to lift something up and to make it very high and very special. To exalt something. We want to lift God up. Lift His Word up. Lift His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, up with praise and thanksgiving. the result? The humble shall hear thereof and be glad, just like we read in another place, Psalm 69, verses 30 through 32. And do you know what it says in verse 3? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now see, David David could do it himself. David got used to doing it with his sheep. When he was out there keeping sheep, he could write, he could write psalms about the Lord being a good shepherd. As he looked around and thought about what a peaceful situation he had for his sheep, he could write a psalm. And see, he could talk to himself. He didn't need anybody else. Or did he? He need, God has chosen congregational worship. Right. And so David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Yes. 
the most pleasant thing that you can ever do with another human being, and it isn't sex. That's right. It's praising the Lord together. Amen. To really praise the Lord together and to love the Lord together and to give thanks together is the best thing you can ever do with another person. Mm-hmm. Because that's your purpose. You're both fulfilling your purpose together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we ought to come together for, to enter into the most pleasant activity that God could have given us. When Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, (laughs) look at this. Is that a heavy burden? The best thing he could ever do? And for those of you who have been involved in praise and worship, and praise and thanksgiving and really giving your heart to it and thanking the Lord, you know that you feel wonderful. You want feelings? Then give Him some glory. Give Him some praise and some thanksgiving and He'll give you some feelings. Why would He give you the feelings first? He does once in a while because He moves you to praise Him. He gives you the feelings first. You'll think they came because you watched football. He wants you to praise Him and He'll give you the blessing of doing it. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Praise and thanksgiving. When we praise God, we exalt Him and magnify Him for His greatness and His glory. We lift Him up and extol Him. We glorify Him. We say the greatest things that we can think of about Him. We bless Him. Psalm 145, verse 1, I will extol thee, my God. I will tell the greatest things possible about you. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. That's how David spoke. That's the heart of David. If you really, if you really want the heart of David, I am giving you a breakdown of David's heart. This is the fourth sermon. Praise and thanksgiving were his obsessions. And he was possessed by the Spirit of God in a measure that very few other men ever have been to invent musical instruments, write the music, write the poetry, and to lead the worship service for God. And he loved doing it. I'll do it forever and ever. I will extol thee, my God, O King. David loved doing this. We want to love doing it. And we must do it. We should choose to do it. There's a blessing in the doing of it. These are the sacrifices of the Old and the New Testament when understood properly. And the Lord wants us to bring them. Look at Psalm 40. For those of you that feel like you've been the Gadarene a few times in your life, or you feel like you've been Nebuchadnezzar a few times in your life, or you feel like you've had some mourning and some sackcloth in your life, here's why the Lord rescues us and what He expects from it. Psalm 40, the first three verses. I waited patiently for the Lord. I can remember those days. I wasn't very patient. I'm thankful He's able to cover my impatience with His grace. Mm -hmm. But it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, wondering what was wrong with me for a long time. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. 
He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Amen. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. In the Lord, not in me. Right. David said it. I can say it. I know exactly what those three verses are talking about, every syllable of them. Do you? He put my feet in a rock. He established my goings, and he put a new song in my mouth, even praise to my God. Mm -hmm. May the Lord bless every one of us to do that. He has put us on a rock. Stand up on it. Take hold of what he has given you and sing praise to him with the song he's put in your mouth. Let's go to Psalm 26. Just a couple more. Just a couple more. There's many, many more. You know that, don't you? You know we could have studied a third to half of the Psalms this morning because so much so much of the Psalms are dedicated to praise and thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in the book of James, when you're feeling good and you're happy, what should you do? Go drop a few bucks at a store? Sing Psalms. If you're merry, sing Psalms. When you're happy and you're lighthearted and you're and you're feeling good and you feel like dancing, the Lord wants praise. Because what psalm are you going to go to that isn't praise? He didn't mean to sing the doleful ones necessarily. When you're happy, you want to sing the happy psalms. Yeah. And they're all about praise. Right. Praise is what you ought to do. Psalm 26, verse 6. I will wash my hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord. I hope you all understand that I mean doing this with a sincere heart where sins have been confessed and you're living a holy life. Praise without those conditions is worthless vanity. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. That is the heart of David. I love the house of the Lord. I love where your honor dwelleth. And I will publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. That's how we praise God, is we tell all of his wondrous works. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. But we want to come with innocent hands to compass the altar of God and to sing unto him. Look at David in the first three verses of this psalm. Oh, come! How do you read the Bible? Oh, come! Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. That's why we do it. And it says a joyful noise. If you can't call what comes out of your mouth when we sing music, then call it a noise. And as long as it's done joyfully, he doesn't care. 
He loves it. He receives it. Let that joyful noise out, for he's a great God and is worthy of it. You know, Psalm 107 is that psalm that every few verses it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. It's a whole psalm with paragraph breakdown of different events that come into men's lives. And at the end of each little section, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his marvelous works to the children of men. Oh, that men would. Will you? David is wondering why he didn't have more that wanted to do it with him. Oh, that men would. Amen. Will you? Amen. You know, David, when he was facing death one time, this is in Psalm 6 and verse 5. Do you know what a great prayer for a little life extension is? Lord, if you kill me, this thing is going to be silent in the grave. Right. Amen. Give me a little bit more time and I'll use it for you. Amen. I know that prayer. Do you know that prayer? Amen. Hezekiah made the same prayer. Lord, you cut me down right now. Who's going to tell my children and their children about you? Hmm? What do you think about that? And I don't mean it disrespectfully. I would like some more time to praise you. Psalm 6 and verse 4. That's how important it was to David and how, how David would use it. Now, if you've never given praise, the Lord's going to say, I haven't gotten any in the last 45 years from you. Why should I give you another five years? Right. But see, David could appeal to the fact, Lord, you know that I praise you and give you thanks like no one else. If you cut me off before my time, you know the most verbal mouth in Israel is going down into silence. The Lord hears prayers like that, and David right. shows us how to pray. I just find that interesting. Psalm 75. One more verse. There are so many, I look at my outline and say, when I reach into this big candy jar, do I pull a yellow one? A blue one, a pink one, a red one, or a green one. Because there's so many in the book of Psalms. You know that, don't you? Amen. You know that if you ever want something to lift your spirits, then get alone and get into the book of Psalms. Get into the book of Psalms and just bless the Lord with one of them. I don't care if you get down on your knees and read it to the Lord. Do you think he'd be offended with that? No way. Do you think he'd call that the vain repetitions of the heathen? He'd call that the purposeful repetitions of my spirit. Right. Psalm 75, 1, Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. All the good things that we enjoy proves that the name of the Lord Jehovah, he himself, is near to us. All the good things that we enjoy prove that God is near. The Lord's name being put for the Lord himself Because just a name being near isn't very helpful. But the Lord being near was very helpful. And it was what gave Israel such advantage. The Lord is very near to us. It should be obvious. Brethren, tonight we come together for the Lord's Supper. And a consideration of rich and distinguishing grace. Amen. 
I hope that you looked at song number 33 in the Bergen in the old school hymnal last night, and I hope that you might this afternoon because you will tonight. In songs of sublime adoration and praise, ye pilgrims for Zion who press, break forth and extol the great Ancient of Days, His rich and distinguishing grace. Amen. The grace of God is so rich and it is so distinguishing in having settled upon us and brought us into the family of God and made us His sons and His daughters. We ought to bring songs of sublime, beautiful adoration and praise. Can we come together again tonight and praise Him for His marvelous loving kindness through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Will you make it a little bit more like David in your life? Right. His praise will at all times be in my mouth. Yes. And I will give thanks to him continually. Amen. The sacrifice of praise continually. And what is it? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. He is a great God, a glorious Savior. He loves our praise. And if you want a secret to a happier life, you will learn to love his praise. That's one of the side benefits. Whether he gives it or not, we should still want to praise him. But he does give it. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.